This is episode three of Another True Crime Podcast with your hosts, Jim and Carl. We're going to be going to the tropical islands of Hawaii this week, as you probably might have heard in our promo, and if you didn't, now you know. Yes. Yes. My uh, murderer for the week is the... My weekly murderer. Right? I know. The Xerox Killer. So his name was Byron Koji Yusegi. Yusugi? Yusugi. Pardon me. I always say it wrong in my head. Born in Honolulu, Hawaii. Hawaii. In Hawaii. Ni- Hawaii. In 1959. Yes. You know. To his father, Hiroyuki, and he his wife. Bo- oh. He was born out of the father? No, but they never mention Byron's mother's name. Okay. And I think it's out of respect for her. Okay. But it's also very odd to me. Like, I was, like, really, really searching, and I could not find the mother's name. I couldn't find the mother's name anywhere. Sure. Frustrating. Very frustrating. It it can be frustrating, because you would think that that... I mean, I guess it's not pivotal information. You knew he had a mother. Internet. Powers of the world out there. If you find it, will you let me know? Because I'm just curious. Anywho. We're in Honolulu. It's 1959. And Byron is born. Had a brother named Dennis. Dennis. And attended um, school at the island and was reported to be, you know, of course, a very kind and sweet person. Aren't they always... Quiet. Not really, but... Kept to himself, but not antisocial as a child. So he had friends. Had friends. And they said regular things about him? I would say, I mean, they don't really go into, like, the childhood accounts too deeply for this gentleman, Byron. He attended Roosevelt High School in the mid-70s and was a part of the Junior Reserve Officers Training Corps. Also... The school rifle team. That's like the JROTC. I mean, I didn't really, it didn't really register to me. I was like, oh, okay, it's kind of like a, a junior cop I, training I in did high that. school. Well, mine was, in my high school, it was, the Navy was the branch. Oh, okay. Because you, you can, every school that has that It's a different branch. Or organization, or that, that type of, like, branch. Yeah. In their education, mm-hmm. in their curriculum it's a different branch of a military at least in the united states it is okay so the, I don't think I the was neighboring aware of high, that school, in my high school the neighboring high school to my community were army okay so the uniforms were different because we would get our uniforms supplied by oh. the actual oh are you the guys that like flip the white guns around yes oh my god Okay, I totally watched a Disney movie on that one You time. did, Hilary Duff. <laughs> oh my god, why is everything in Disney related? <laughs> because you're a child of the uh, 90s. Okay, so, anywho, that is... Uh, Hilary Duff, though. What Hillary was the name Duff. of that movie? Let's give Sergeant a shout out. Kelly. Sergeant Kelly! Yes! High five. Thank you. Yes! That was so good. Oh, that was instantaneous. You know who else was in that movie? Bam. The sister from Even Stevens. Yes. Bizarre because we were just singing her song the other episode. It was. That makes us seem. I'm not. I'm trying to. I'm trying to tell you we're not obsessed with. Wait, this doesn't have to stay in here. We could definitely cut this out. Do you see where we high five? Yeah. Oh, that was a good high five. Okay. So clearly, uh, Byron has always had an interest in firearms. That is something that is noted throughout most articles 
that I read about him. Classmates, again, even in high school, reported him as quiet but unthreatening, but he just kind of kept to himself. His brother Dennis later told reporters that Byron got into a car accident in 1977 and he hit his head on the steering so wheel. So he was like 18. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of out of high school, gets in a car crash, hits his head, and Dennis says his demeanor changed after that accident and that he had a much shorter fuse. Oh, gosh. And that um, his antisocial tendencies got a little more... They elevated. Noticeable in, an, in, a, in a bizarre sense. He became recluse? Uh, yeah, and they also kind of alluded to the fact that he had just some strange behaviors, which you kind of get into. Uh, he began collecting large amount of firearms. That's never a good sign. Right. It, it really reached a pinnacle in, like, around 82. He had accumulated 11 handguns, 5 rifles, 2 shotguns, and others that were not registered in his name. That was going to be my next question. Are they registered under his name? So, th- those 11, 5, so what? 16, 17, 18 were in his name, but he had 25 in total. Uh, he started working for Xerox in 84 and also started the hobby of raising and breeding rare uh, tropical fish, specializing in koi fish, and selling to pet stores and other breeders. Kind of random, but side note, it does kind of end up being important eventually. I'm not just mentioning I'm it for still shits. Not, why does anybody need more than one gun? I mean, maybe two. Uh, I think it's a power thing. Because you have thing. two hands. It's a power but thing. But it's not like you could use all the guns at the same time. No, but then you've got your artillery and like, I don't know, it's just, I... I nope. It's there's nothing that I can think of that would justify having no. more than two. Oh, no, there's no need. There's no justification, but not people that do it. Not even that necessary, but some people would no. argue that. Some would argue that one's not necessary. I think that but. shooting as a sport is kind of fun. Yeah. Well... He, and, anyway. he does, he, and he goes and he shoots, he goes to shooting ranges, and now he does all that kind of stuff yeah. too, of course. Because, I mean, what else are you going to do with that many guns? Uh, <laughs> I can think uh, of plenty. All right, so, yeah. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Um, after his mom passes in 88. After his mom passed, Byron complains to his family that he's beginning to feel poking sensations inside of his head and again like this is the like a reoccurring theme oh yeah the past few killers we've had it's like there's that weird the last three people that we've talked about have had these blinding splitting headaches headaches or pains poking or pains whatever inside their head and began displaying characteristics of paranoia and this is kind of where the fish come into play because this was kind of his first demonstration of being paranoid. Byron was insistent, he was very adamant, that people were tampering with his fish. They were, they were sneaking in and messing with his breeding and, you know, killing fish off. Um, they so weren't just, being cool. No, yeah, and that's just like a first weird sign of like, Fuck with my dude, fish. who would be fucking with your fish, though? Like, calm the fuck down. You're just some unimportant fish breeder. Somebody want to fuck with that fish, though? Oh, yeah. Um, so this whole time he's been working at Xerox, um, since, what was it, 1984, so about four years, and his co-workers, again, 
at this point said he was always pretty isolated and he didn't really have any social skills to speak of, but at this point he wasn't really threatening. Yeah. Um, but they also knew that he had no, you know, significant other or, you know, real family to, of his own. Other and I bet his. you he was weird because, again, he's a little antisocial. He's weird, He's got dude. that short fuse. It's him. He lives with his Collects dad fish. And his brother collects fish. And he thinks people are tampering with his fish. Yeah. I love fish. I love fish, fish too. They're, and they're beautiful and peaceful, which I also think is so bizarre that this kind of personality type would have that as a hobby. Fish. I don't know. I. What's the name of that app that you play? Tap Tap Fish? Oh, Tap Tap Fish. Is it called Aquarium? No, it's literally called Tap Tap Fish. It's called Tap Tap Fish? Yeah, because you literally (laughs) tap 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 fish. fish. Uh, yes. Squirrel. Again, (laughs) calming. (laughs) To add to the tension in his life, however, because, you know, it's kind of mounting. He's gotten to this car accident. His mom passes. Work in the management in his work moved him into a different group. So he was displaced socially. He went from one group he had been with for four years to a new group, and this upset him. What did he do at Xerox? He repaired machines. Got it. So he did maintenance. So in this new group, he began to feel more socially isolated than before and kind of feeling those paranoid thoughts at work now, not just about his fish at home, began making accusations of harassment at work uh, with, again, kind of that false sign of paranoia. Also want to apologize in advance. The train is passing. And although it's quite far, we have very lightly insulated Actually, non-insulated windows, so... Yeah, let's just call it what it is. <laughs> Apologies in advance of the train. Yes. I think it adds to the ambiance, personally, but just letting you know, you're not going crazy. There is a train in our, our midst, yeah. not yours. Not yours. My midst. My midst. So he begins making these accusations at work, and they're unfounded, and management kind of picks up on the fact that he's developing this uh, characteristic... He then also begins to make threats to coworkers and say that if he were ever fired, that he would commit a mass shooting. And casually mentions the amount of guns that he happens to have at his home. Well, this is the 80s, right? Late 80s? Late 80s, early 90s now. We're in the early 90s. So, okay, no. In the 90s, people kind of took that stuff a little bit more seriously. Yeah, because, you know, you've had some shit go down by that point. Yeah. Um... In 93. He's a little kooky. He's a little kooky. And so it's like, you know, again, the the building snap. snap. It's happening where all of a sudden now it's like, okay, some special ingredients are getting added to this gentleman's already kind of tipsy-turvy personality type. I don't know. In 93, Byron gets mad at the workplace and he has a little incident where he decides to kick in and damage the door of the office elevator. So he has this little outburst at work, and now they don't really even say again what it was about. So during his outburst uh, at work, he was eventually arrested for third-degree property damage. Of course. However, they don't fire him. 
they actually say as long as you agree to go to anger management, we'll allow you to come back to work, we'll allow you to continue to work while you go to anger management, but you have to go. That's nice of Xerox. I thought so too. I was actually a little surprised. I was a little taken aback. A psychiatrist Dr. Michael Wellner examined Byron at the time. He found he suffered from delusional disorders and paranoia. Yeah, yeah. found that he wasn't a danger to himself or others. Did the doctor know about his fucking Gun arsenal, collection? artillery? They don't go into fucking that. Fucking armory? That you would think as a psychiatrist that you would try to find out if somebody who was threatening to do a mass shooting at work had the means to do so. Yeah. But, again, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. It was very, very bizarre. Also get into that later. Putting a pin in that. Put a pin in it. Home life was also getting a little more turbulent for Byron. At this time, he experienced what he told his brother Dennis was a shadow that pinned him down in his home. So a shadow, like a little Peter Pan shadow, came up and like, That's a little paranormal, though. That's what I'm saying. Again, paranoid, perhaps. Right. Not paranormal. Do you want to hear a paranormal story really quick? I do. Like, really quick segue. Give me a flash paranormal story. Perfect. I was at work today, Mm -hmm. and my coworker just Mm -hmm. stood up out of nowhere and peeked her head into my, like, desk space. And she said, do you want to hear the craziest thing? Yes. Of course. Always. Don't even fucking ask me. (laughs) Just start telling me. What's the fucking crazy shit? So, she has a son. Mm -hmm. He's 17. Mm -hmm. And he came home from school, and he went to go take a nap. Okay. And he woke up, I don't know, like around five or six. She says she doesn't really remember the time. That's not important. But he comes into the room, and he says... Mom, why is there a man in my bed? And she says, what? And she, he's like, yeah, Mom, there's a man in my bed. Why is he saying this so calmly? Right. And so she's like, what? No. Okay, let's go to your room. So yeah. they go to his room. She walks in. Yeah. There's nobody there? There's nobody there. Oh, thank God. And then she looks at him. And she says, were you just sleepwalking? Because this, he has slept walk in the past. And slept talked? Yeah, people talk in their sleep. And just say random shit. Sleep? Uh, I don't know, maybe. But usually people who sleepwalk don't remember. Fair enough. Those situations, right? But then whatever, like he was a little groggy, but he was fine. Like they continued about their day. Yeah. Or night. And then this morning when she was taking him to school, she's like, do you remember what you told me yesterday? And he's like, yeah, I remember about the man. That got in my bed. Ah. And she was like, but there was nobody there. And he's like, yeah, I realized that. But I remember telling, I remember you, telling you that. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's very creepy. Anyway. I would freak out. As a person, I'd be like, let's just burn the house now. <laughs> yeah. I started telling her all this crazy shit. Do you think it was paranormal activity? Not reasonable. Could it have been an entity? <laughs> Could he be hallucinating? And she's like, no, I think... I don't know. I just I didn't get into it with him, uh, but I was I think I was more curious than yeah. she was about the whole Clearly, situation. Obviously, that would be upper alley. <laughs> oh. Anywho, carry on. At home, he's being pinned down by the shadow. So he and his father and his brother all go to a priest, and they indulge him, and they say, "Let's go and have the house blessed." 
so you'll feel safe at home and like you won't get pinned down by shadow right. people. I don't think that was their best idea. Well, no, because even then the priest goes to Byron's father and says he suspects that Byron is suffering from mental illness. The priest? The priest says this. And I mean, priests normally will just say, like, pray it away. And so this gentleman goes to the father and says, listen, I'm a priest. And I think that your son is crazy, <laughs> basically. Hiroyuki asks his son to get professional help. And Byron says, no, no, I'm good. Thanks. Pops. But I'm just, I'm just going to ride this out. If I was there parent and they lived at home with me I would just have them committed that's kind of what I felt at that point especially if you know about it but his hobbies and all that I just there's something to it that I just I'm not down with so co-workers mention he began to again kind of really bring up those threats of if he was ever fired he would carry out a mass shooting Again, so this isn't just a single occurrence it's that he's talking about this mass shooting. Right. People are fucked sometimes, man. But at the end of the day, too, like, you, I guess you, what, go to HR and say this dude is really threatening to shoot everybody. Uh, yeah. Maybe that and get another job. Degree. Also, maybe. Where there's not a fucking you know, dude threatening. Always be nice to the Byrons. Anyway. Um, I worked with a guy that was constantly threatening to burn down the fucking place. Always think of office space. <laughs> that. Give me my theme. And his favorite Give movie was theme. American Psycho. Ooh, and he liked two to... Two great signs. <laughs> and he liked to mimic the mannerism of Christian Bale in that movie. Yeah. He liked to talk in the same way that oh, he did. It was... I would really, really, really be nice mm-hmm. to him and then get a new job. He didn't have many friends in that store, but I apparently was one of them. Wow, Don't ask me how I landed in that that's spot. That's how but you survive. It is. <laughs> it is. So the last straw for Byron was a new copy machine. Oh, no. That came to Xerox. They were introducing it, and they were phasing out the machine that Byron had trained on and repaired his entire career. Yeah, they killed his routine now. You've displaced him. He's got new, no friends. No friends. Shadow people attacking. And now he doesn't even know how to do his job anymore. So they are really harping on the fact that they want Byron to train for this new machine because they want him to continue his career and they want him to be able to feel useful. And Man, Xerox is so supportive. Very supportive company. I don't know, are we like getting sponsored by Xerox? Not right sponsored. <laughs> but if you guys want to, we're hey. here. However, Byron is refusing. He's like, you know what? Nope, I don't want to train. I don't want to train. He's being resistant. He's giving pushback. He's that being that unideal employee, basically. Uh, however, they say, you know what, Byron, we're so sorry, but you do need to train. And this was on November 1st of 1999. You're training tomorrow. As soon as you come in on November 2nd, you're going to be learning about this new machine. I feel like Byron's a little bit on the spectrum. He probably could be. Um... When he speaks later to reporters and police, he was letting them know that he was under the impression that that meant if he didn't comply the next day, that his position would be terminated. So he began to feel paranoid about this and feeling resentment towards the company and all the time that he had given them and saying... People are fucking with this fish. Shadow people are. Fish. 
chasing him. You Machine's know. gone. Things are just, they're feeling real well, and it's bizarre snappy to me. right now. It's so funny because when I, I look back at the history of this individual, there's not as many weird building blocks as there have been in the past. So to me, that weird car incident or the car accident when he hits his head does seem kind of like a catalyst in a sense. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. That happens to people. It does happen to people. So, bizarrely enough, later, Dr. Michael Wellmer examined him after these events. And he was quoted as telling the doctor his motive was that he decided to give them a reason to fire him. A.K.A. the mass shooting? Yes. So the day that Byron was scheduled to train, he ended up becoming the day that he committed a mass murder. He brought his 9mm handgun to work with him that morning. Classic. On November 2nd, 1999 at 8 a.m. He goes in. He's on time. 9 a.m. 8. 8. He enters the building and even stopped to greet a colleague on his way in. They noted that he seemed calm, the person that he greeted as he walked in the door. As he entered the second floor from the elevator, he pulled out his gun and shot his first victim, Melvin Lee, 58, execution style in the back of the head as he was working at his desk. I wonder what's prevented him from shooting the people at the reception at, like, the entrance of the... Well, it kind of gets to that a little bit later. Okay. In a sense. Okay, go ahead. He then shot his second victim, Ron Kawame, Uh, 54, on his way to a a room of board members who were attending a meeting that morning. The board members. So there he uh, walked through the floor to the boardroom, and of course there was chaos ensuing, like on the floor itself in the office area where people had been shot. The people in the boardroom were unaware. He entered and he actually kind of snuck into the room where he shot his other five victims. So there's Ron... And pardon me, I'm going to butcher these last names. So Ron Katoka, 50. Peter Mark, 46. Ford Kinhira, 41. John Sakamoto, 36. And Jason Balatiko, 33. That's so far seven people. So that's seven people in total. And those are the only seven individuals he shot. Okay. Did he shoot everybody in the boardroom? He shot everyone in the boardroom, all five people. Oh, actually, I apologize. He did actually fire at one individual down a stairwell, and he did manage to escape unharmed. The individual. So he actually shot at eight people. Did the seven people die? Seven people died. So he killed all seven people. Those are the only people he threatened or aimed his gun at. And after those seven people, Byron threatened no one else. He went off the company grounds... When in, uh, what? How, how did nobody stop him? He oh, I mean, he also has all these guns. He has, a, he has a gun. He just has one gun. Oh, one just, gun? He brought the one 9 You see, handgun. why do you need all the other guns? <laughs> he true. only needed one. He just needed that one. Back to my point. Circle. <laughs> Circling it around. Yes, ma'am. So Byron threatened nobody else. He got into a company van that was on the parking lot. Nice. And drove off. That's, like, a good cover, but at the same time, he works for Xerox, so they're probably saying, hey, look for a Xerox Exactly. Well, and, of course, they called the cops and say, this individual left in a company van. 
So they're letting out alerts and letting people know there was this mass shooter that was just running he's armed away. And he's armed. He's in a van. So what happens? Byron ends up driving quite a ways. He ends up going to the Hawaii Nature Center. He's parked outside the Nature Center, and the police are actually alerted by a, a jogger who runs by the van and goes, oh my gosh, I remember seeing on the TV they said that that crazy Xerox guy was on the loose in a Xerox van. Good, Good come around, jogger. Go jogger. To add Very to the tension, right? To add to the tension of the situation, the uh, HNC, the, H- the Hawaii Nature Center, was hosting 35 school kids on a field trip that day. So the police notified the I center. I don't like that. I know. Just ooky bad timing. Like, really, guys? Let's just put the cherry on top and add 35 school kids to the situation. Okay. So the police were notified, and the center was then notified, to go on lockdown. They waited while the entire situation played out. So the police come down, and they are at a standoff with Byron that ended up lasting about five hours. They were kind of trying to coerce him out of the van with the megaphone and pulling that whole thing. And meanwhile, he's got his gun, and he's smoking his cigarettes, and he's, he's kind of, you know, just freaking out a little bit. Which, rightly so at that point, I guess. Yeah. They eventually bring Dennis, his brother, to speak with him over the megaphone, and he gets uh, Byron to turn himself in. How long are they in the standoff for? The total standoffs last five, lasted five hours. So those, those school kids are just chilling. At the nature center, though. The Hawaiian nature center, but they got no snacks. They're just... <laughs> How do you know they don't have snacks? They at the actually mentioned they had no food or drink. Oh, gosh. I know. No snacks. <laughs> that is sad. I was bummed out. I was like, dang it, that's a long time with no snacks. So you would be, wouldn't you? I was very bummed out. Uh, they noted that Byron, even as soon as he exited the van, seemed very calm. Like, eerily calm. Like, he must have snapped at some point and was like, okay, I'm getting arrested. I don't know. And was then, of course, taken into police custody and arrested for the murder of the seven individuals at the Xerox company. Jeez. Right? Very bizarre. Uh, Eventually sentenced to life in prison without parole on August 8th of 2000. So he was in jail for, yeah, a little bit before he got sentenced. The Xerox location was shut down. Of course, who would want to work there after that? Till 2004. Oh, that wasn't too long after. When it was used as a soundstage for the show Lost. Heck. In 2005. (laughs) They would, though. So it was 2004 to 2005 they used that. That yes. place for uh, as a soundstage. Thank you for bringing that up. I when I saw that note, I was like, I have to tell Carl. Yes. In two thousand and five, the hospital that analyzed Byron at ninety three for the company Xerox actually did end up settling and paying the families of the victims for falsely diagnosing Byron. That was crazy. So that is the story of the Xerox murders. Byron. Freaking Byron, man. It was weird. There were actually some websites that called him Brian, but I'm pretty sure that that was on their behalf a mistake because a majority said Byron. So that's the I one still that think I went it's with. odd that he didn't shoot those people at the beginning. 
he literally wanted you know what those I, seven people dead. I think it was maybe I also the think that maybe thought. the people that were at the beginning, they typically greet you. So maybe they were just genuinely nice to him all the time when he walked in, like, hey, how's it going? Cool, cool. Maybe. And went upstairs like he had no, like, beef with them, I guess. And I think that's literally what happened. I've said literally so many times in that last few sentences. Literally. Literally. But I think that is what happened. Uh, he had people that there was beef with, and he just went for those people. And once he was done, he's like, okay, cool, I'm done. Peacing out in the van. Bye. That was a pretty good one. I like that. I don't typically think that Hawaii is one of those big places that people think of for mass shootings or murders like that, but any place is capable of having people that'll do that. I believe, I don't know if I read this, I'm not sure if I read this correctly. I thought I had read that there were only 17 murders, like actual criminal murder cases. Mm Mm-hmm in the state of Hawaii before Byron. So he almost doubled yeah. that number just That's by intense. himself. I thought that was a little bizarre, but I, I I would need a fact check on that as well. Well, thank you for sharing that. Oh, hey. Anytime, Carl. Twice a week. We'll be able to listen to my story next time around on part two. We just want to say thank you to all of you guys for listening to our podcast. We've got over 500 downloads and we just surpassed 200 followers on instagram in two weeks that's awesome i was i didn't anticipate anybody was actually gonna listen to us Mm, yeah (laughs) so it's like whoa and i don't have 500 friends no no so these are just we previously right we've got like two right yeah it's like 498 more than we people than we know yeah so Um, that's crazy yes i want to give a big Shout out and thank you to my cousin Gabby, who made me realize today (laughs) that we've been going on about following us on social media, and we never really gave you guys our Instagram username. So if you guys aren't already following us on Instagram, please do so as we post daily, and we also let you guys know as soon as new episodes and promos are up, and we just post weird morbid shit that we like that's entertaining so our instagram is atc podcast that's a t c p o d c a s t and also in honor of this milestone it bringing it is you guys a good milestone along on this journey that's, yeah that's awesome um, and the holidays coming up too. We wanted to have like a little giveaway through the month of December. It only seems fair. I mean, everybody gets gifts in December. We might as well be giving gifts out to people. Heck yeah. I'd rather give a gift than get a gift. I'm one of those weirdos. And I always have to give it before Christmas. And sometimes I even tell them before what it is. <laughs> I don't care what I have to do to get somebody the perfect gift. I'll do it. You do. You do yeah. that. So we will be picking two winners and we will be giving them a nice little thank you box that has some handcrafted goodies from Oregon, one of which I will be crafting myself as a very novice woodworker. But Oh, no, I would say you've made a frame. <laughs> I've made a couple things, but... You've made some stuff. This, the little tiny stuff is harder, I think, when yeah. it comes to little details, and especially using hand tools, but that's all nor here nor there. <laughs> 
In order to enter the drawing, you must be following us on Instagram because that is where we're gonna announce if you win or not. So you kind of have to be on there, right? Also rate and review us on your favorite podcast app and that will kind of act as an entry yeah. into the drawing. So I know that when you submit a review, especially on Apple uh, iTunes, it doesn't show up right away, and some of the other players do as well, the same thing. So just send a screenshot or a snippet to our email address. That's atcpod, and then the letter C, so atcpodc at gmail.com. And like Jim said, that'll count as your entry, so just put your name in the subject line in your screenshot, and that will do it. Yeah, username. Go oh, yeah, it. put your username in there as well for Instagram. That's very important. Yes. I'm just happy that we have people to give stuff to, gosh darn it. I'm pumped. Super pumped. This is exciting. December giveaway, guys. December giveaway. I also was doing a little bit of stat research on our podcast, and I wanted to call out some top countries that I was never even anticipating Ooh. hurt us, and I don't know if you realize this, because... You had sent me a list, and I was like, wait, all those people... Yeah, and I had written places? it down, so I don't know if you were able to understand it, but... Yeah. We know we have our United States listeners out there, because hey that's guys. where we hail from, but Australia. Nice. The UK. Okay. Canada. Sweden. Sweden. <laughs> Bulgaria, very awesome. España, Japan, Denmark. Oh, my peeps! Your peeps. Norway, hey. Ireland, France, and Taiwan. Why not? So those are our top hey countries guys. that have active listeners in so them. Cool. What's up? And Portland. That's where we have our top listens, of oh, course. Yeah. Because we're making everybody here we know listen to you. That is the yeah. Way so drop us a line or just email us if for whatever reason you want to email us. I've also created a secret group on Facebook for us, which is mm-hmm. kind of interesting. So we're kind of working on that, and we'll let you guys know as soon as it's up. I think that's about it. So yeah, just appreciating the listens and the likes and the subscribes, and we'll follow you back and say hey. Thanks again also for the inspiration again as always. What is it with you and the inspiration? They give me so much of it. (laughs) I can't help it. No, seriously. It's just so much fun to have like a little community to bounce things off of. And that's what I feel like we got here. It's so nice. I think it's great. And I've definitely want to say I've made a few internet friends along the way in the past couple weeks through this journey. There we go. I really have. I yeah. thought I think internet friends are awesome. They're the best friends. Not discrediting my real friends, those oh. two of you out there. You know who you are. <laughs> they do know who they are too. It's such a sad thing. Okay. So we're going to leave now. That's right. On this note. We said we weren't going to do a full episode, but here we are, and in a whole episode. And remember, guys, anything can be used as a weapon, even a Xerox machine. <laughs>